The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 98, recorded May 11th, 2021. My name is Joe Becker. I am one half of the team. The other half of the team is... Me. What up, me? <laughs> Miho? It's me. Oh, Miho. Oh, <laughs> something like my grandma. That's all she ever called me. It's Miho. Really? Yeah. Oh, Miho. Oh, not like this. She didn't say Miko. Like, isn't she said your name wrong? <laughs> no, no, no. She knew my name was Michael. So, yes, this is Michael, other half of the uh, Cabocast here. And we're already off track in the introduction. Well, that's funny because, you know, the famous bass player of the greatest band that ever walked the planet, Rush, Getty Lee. His name's not Getty in real life. His name is Gary something, but his grandmother would call him that in the accent from her grandmother, Getty. And that became Getty. His friends oh, started calling him that because his grandmother couldn't say Gary. Oh. So he became Getty Lee. I just thought maybe she had a speech impediment. What accent? No, she's from, um, I can't remember, some a Slavic country ah. of uh, Jewish descent and... Um, had I think she was in the concentration camps as well. Wow, so yeah, this big, took a turn. I know. Well, <laughs> just took it, you made fun of her, and, you know. That was my bad. That was <laughs> I had no idea. I have to be careful about who I tease because oh, now you support the uh, extermination of the Jews in Auschwitz and the Holocaust all because you made fun of Getty Lee's mom. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyways, I do not. No, I know. Everybody knows clear that. On that. <laughs> Let's not start terrible rumors. Uh, yeah. uh, I am not a Holocaust denier. Let's make that clear. It's true. Now we're really off base. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's what this show's about. Um, what's going on, man? Good week? Bad week? Uh, good week. Really good week. Uh, I mean, I got attacked by a dog. But <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. Was, was, was it like a little pooch thing? Because like, no. the, the, the bite looked like nothing. And your pants. Yeah, I, I say I was attacked by a dog. I mean, a dog came after me, no question. But uh, yeah, I'm fine. If anyone's worried, I did not get bit. He uh, nipped at me a couple times on my left leg, and then nipped on me right leg and left a little snag in my pants. But other than that, it's, it is one thing when you're running, or I, I, you you walk as well. But when I run, you know, especially where I'm at now, and it's pretty rural, and some people just don't believe in leashes. Like some don't believe in masks or whatever. Like they just let their dogs like it can be scary, man. If the right dog comes chasing you, it, it can be. I always, I probably should have something with me, but I don't. It was I want to say a few years ago, but it was maybe more about a decade or so ago. There was a woman on the other side of the state was out running, and two cane corsos came running out and mauled her to death. Yeah, God. All that to say, I now walk with pepper spray just to be careful. Not to defend yourself with Shay. If you get stuck. <laughs> no, no, we're good there. But, uh, Just in yeah. case. I immediately went online and looked at pepper spray. But uh, an old friend's uh, father is like, 
I got a bunch. You can have one of mine. And you know how people get like when they get older. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't say no, right? No. Take this pepper spray and take this revolver. That works better. Yeah. <laughs> that I do not need. <laughs> I did take the pepper spray. It was very sweet. He is, was very insistent that I take it. So now I have pepper spray. I will start, probably never have to use it, right? And you'll start walking with shin pads and shit. Like, <laughs> a catcher's mitt, catcher's outfit, like a whole or a hockey person. <laughs> How's your week been? I'm assuming less exciting. Less exciting, uh, not much. We're just waiting for the house to get um, finished. We got a lot of work done. Um, got a great contractor, but it's just tore up. And great Mother's Day. Drove out to the east side. Got to see my mom, which it hasn't been for almost a year, literally oh. since it all started, and have not seen oh, her. So they got. They got, uh, I mean, they've had their vaccinations and Michelle and I have all vaccinated. So it was nice to um, be able to go to their house and say hello. And we had dinner with the boys because they're all vaccinated and uh, at a restaurant. So it was great. Oh, that's fantastic. And in Ann Arbor. So yeah, I mean, Mother's Day was great. Um, but we just been working and work is work, work is super busy right now. Not that people want to hear that. So, but so not a lot. We have uh, not, not a big week. And speaking of last week, I didn't see a lot of news. Not a lot of stuff happened. Or at least I haven't paid attention, so I'm sure some listeners could say, well, you missed this. Yeah, I'm sure we missed something, but I think the biggest thing that I saw that happened this last week was the trailer for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Yeah, I probably could have missed that, too. Did you watch it, at least? Oh, yeah, I did. It's a big meh. Yeah. Huge I, meh. Huge meh. Like, I don't give a rats about this movie at all now. Yeah, I want to get excited, but I haven't seen the first Venom yet. That's because I I was mad on the trailer there. I mean, I love Tom Hardy. Right. You know? Yeah, he's uh, great. Just, just a few weeks ago, we introduced the girls to uh, Mad Max uh, Fury Road. Yep. I mean, let's face it. Charlize is the star of that one. He is. She is, yes. But Tom Hardy plays a good Mad Max. Tom Hardy's pretty is great. I'm not saying he's even bad in Venom. He's actually pretty good in Venom, but the story's not good. I I don't know how you do a Venom story without including Spider Man. Yeah, I think it was a mistake. I mean, the whole point is right. that you know Eddie Brock is pissed off, and he was going to be a journalist too, a photojournalist, and right. He happened to be in the church when Spider Man got rid of the symbiote, and then yeah, just like Spider Man three. Yeah. <laughs> but better because Spider-Man 3 was awful. Yeah, but I mean, those beats are there. Yeah, they are, but, well, they are, but let's, I don't know. We could spend way too long talking about how we, yeah. they got some of the beats, but uh, anyway, let's not go down that road. <laughs> no, but Hardy's great. I mean. Yes. I love him in Bane. He, yeah. He was good. But, so. Oh. That's our news, Venom. Venom. Venom movie I believe it. I, you know, they should have they should have found a way to wait a second and import like get him into the Spider-Man movies for sure. Spider-Man's going to show up at some point. Yeah, but I don't know if it's going to be the Tom Holland. It will. It will. Sony is going to let him, I mean, they're letting the MCU borrow him. But he's still their character. He's really technically under contract with Sony. They're getting that buzz up. They're making all that money. They're doing this one last film. And then he's going to come over 
and they're hoping to make a whole bunch bunch more money. I don't think they'll be the last one in the Marvel universe, but yeah. I think what one more movie? Well, who knows? They might. Rename. They can extend. Yeah, of course. Of course, Marvel's where the money's at. So why would they do that? Right, but I can see them using him to help increase their profits on their end, on Sony's end. Yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, I was really met on it. And, uh, you know, if you're listening and you're excited about Venom, uh, please tell us why. Right. I mean, I'm not trying to, like I said, I haven't seen the first movie. So you have, I haven't. So I'm not pissing on it. I just, just from the trailer, it just didn't look very interesting to me. So. Right. I'll get around to it. And I, I might end up being wrong. I mean, I fully admit and will admit here right now again, I was wrong about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I actually enjoyed that film. Right. So I could be wrong about Venom. I'm not. You're not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty open. You know that. Like Michelle, you know, Michelle loved it actually. And I just couldn't get into it. But so maybe, maybe something I'm missing. Maybe I watched it with the wrong uh, point of view or something. It just didn't, it didn't, it didn't hit me. You know, we didn't see it at the theaters either. It was like, we were, we couldn't get there to see it. So I ended up just buying the the Blu-ray without even watching it. Oh, really? Yeah. I figured I'm going to get it anyways. So probably like, you know, put it into the pantheon of the superhero Blu-rays that I have and figured it'd be at least decent because Tom Hardy and it just was, wasn't that great. And Michelle Williams is in it too. Yeah. It's like every other film she does, she gets nominated for an Oscar, but then she, yeah. you know, uh, she, what was she, she, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She slums it. She slums the Sony cinematic universe. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is it, did Anthony Hopkins slum it as Odin? And he's, he's, he just won another Academy Award. That's true. That's true. I think it's hard to play. I, I think it's harder to play superheroes than it is to play other things. I, I'm, I would argue that for a long, long time. You know, I'm not going to see Al Pacino. He couldn't pull off a superhero. No, but he did, did play a comic book character. Well, he was terrible in the Dick Tracy movie. Is oh, that what you're talking about? Yes, exactly. That's uh, what, exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, De Niro couldn't do it. But I can see... You know, clearly Mark Ruffalo can do both. Yes. You know, and I think every, actually everybody that played in the in the Marvel thing could do both. What what actor couldn't in any of the Marvel things? Oh, I'm not saying Marvel seems to have it down. Right, but I mean, I'm terms in terms of like actors and doing great acting. Like I think it's really hard to be fucking Captain America. It's really hard to be, you know, Thor. And then. You know, those other people can't do it. They don't get the credit, though. They think it's easy or they don't They look down as like, you know, like it's not good acting. And I just say bullshit. No, I, th- I think a comic book movie can definitely have good acting. I mean. But they'll never be nominated for Academy Award is what I'm saying. And they should. Wasn't uh, the Dark Knight but, um, nominated for Best Picture? It may have been. Obviously, Heath Ledger won. Right. So, yeah. But I'm talking the Marvel stuff is just different. Yeah, well, okay, I, I will give you this. As much as I enjoy the Marvel stuff, it is it does skew more popcorny. I don't mean doesn't mean it doesn't deserve it. Can't be the best picture, but I don't know. I, I watched the Academy Awards or list. I, I barely watched. I'm like, and I've seen most of the movies, and most of those movies, like the one that won, shouldn't even come close to winning. Nomadland. Yeah, 
I've seen it. It's not that great. It's just a fucking depressed woman that goes around like, cause her husband died, which is sad, but I didn't need to be two and a half hours of an idiot. That like, <laughs> I'm going to live in a van because I'm sad. Joe is okay. not pulling any punches. No, it wasn't that. I mean, yeah, but you're I'm talking tired. about the director uh, uh, of Marvel's Eternals, and they're gonna, they're going to bank on that. Fine, I'm not picking on the director. I'm not saying it's like it's a fine movie. Is it should have won an Academy like Academy Awards with the best of the best, supposedly? Yeah, but to be fair, and all they want to do is make you feel like shit. Like every film that wins, like I want to. Why can't there be fun movies that win? It's always got to be like all this poignant, poignant bullshit that you know. It's like. Enough already. I don't even know how we got here. It was the COVID year, so there wasn't as much stuff released. True. But Mortal Kombat, I don't know. I was in that game. (laughs) 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 Which, you know, was my review of that if you listened last week. So if you you haven't, pick up last week's. All right. What was your geek this week, Michael? My geek this week is the book uh, Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Which, do you remember who Andy Weir is? No. He wrote The Martian. Oh, okay. So, this is his third book. Uh, first book was The Martian, which obviously blew people out of the water. It was, It's one of my favorite all-time books. I mean, mm-hmm. what's the first line? Something like, uh, uh, well, I'm fucked. Something like that. Or I'm <laughs> fucked. I mean, how... How do you not love a book that starts like that? Right. We can go on about the movie. The movie's the movie's all right. But the book, you know, I, I read a fair amount. Um, not as much as some people, but more than others. And in the last mm, 10-ish years or so, I can think of two books that I just could not put down. One of those was Ready Player One. Like, I read it in four nights, which for some people, maybe they can read a book in four nights, and that's normal for them. Not for me, but I tore through it. Loved it. And the other book was uh, The Martian. I could not put it down. I thought it was suspenseful. So I like Andy Weir as a writer. Uh, his second book, Artemis, I read it. It I could put it down. It's not to say it wasn't a good book. <laughs> it just didn't. But it wasn't the same beast. And, I, you know, any artist, whether they're a writer or, you know, rock star or whatever, that sophomoric release you still want to be good, but I understand you don't want to retread what you just did. Right. So Artemis, I liked. It's good, but it's not great. Whereas The Martian's great. Right. Like Ready Player Two, you mean? Book, what's that? Retread like Ready Player Two. Is that what you're saying? Well, okay. So well, even, you know, talking about Ernest Klein, Ready Player One, fantastic. His follow-up, Armada. Which we it, all had in book club. We were supposed to have a book club. Remember that? Yeah, I know, but we haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> We will again. Uh, I don't know if you read Armada. Did you read Ernest Klein's Armada? No. It's it. It he was too close to the oh, the eighties nostalgia again, and so Armada was okay. But I kept thinking, so can Ernest Klein do anything that doesn't include eighties eighties nostalgia? And then his third book is Ready Player Two. So so far, no. So no, <laughs> right? So. I know I'm going on and on, but Project Hail Mary, I like it because it's it's similar in vein to The Martian. It focuses on one man, one person, against insurmountable odds. Whereas on The Martian, it's 
doing everything he can with his intellect to survive until help arrives. It's a different situation in that I don't want to give away too much about the book, but basically it's one man trying against the odds to save the world alone. Okay. And I'm only like 50 pages in, but already it's like, I can't put it down. It's, it's grabbing me. It's thematically similar to the Martian, but it's not a complete retread. It's different enough where I'm really enjoying it. But the suspense is there. Gotcha. So that's my geek this week reading Project Hail Mary. Nice. Um, well, I got a new switch because I sold the switch light. To who? I don't know. Some dude. Some dude on Facebook Marketplace. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this FaceTime Marketplace. Um, yeah, because I wanted the full size and hooked to the TV and all that stuff. So, um, with the beginning of baseball season, I started playing. I set up a new franchise and, you know, trying to build a baseball team and. I know that is not the, the geekiest of games to play on a Switch, but I do enjoy playing digital baseball. What are you playing time. with the league or what's it called or something? It's 2019 some RBI, I think. Yeah, you create, it's, you know, create your team. You know, you, I'm a, you know, you start with whatever team you want and you can trade and you can, you play your games, play a season. It's a 10 year experience. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ten, it's a lot. Like you start it like literally, depending how much you play, you, you're building your team. Hold on, ten years. You're not playing like full hundred some odd game yeah. seasons. Yeah. What? Yes. So when all is said and done, if you play the full ten years, which uh, I mean, I, I'd be so impressed. A game did. takes roughly thirty five minutes, though. For one game. Yeah. And you got multiply that by a uh-huh. hundred for hundred plus. How, how many games in a regular season? Hundred forty-four. Something like that. Yeah. You're going to pay 14,000 games? <laughs> According to the thing you set up a franchise, it's over a 10-season period. Well, Joe, it's been nice seeing you. It's called building a dynasty. They want you to build a dynasty. How many, you know, you start with nothing and you build your way up, trade players, get players, you know, updates. That's a lot of baseball. Yeah. It might take me 50 years to do it and I'll probably have 30 other games by the time that comes out <laughs> to replace <laughs> it with. But I started. Hey, I more power to you. If you yeah. can get through all 10 years, I will think that's quite an Well, the nice thing is you play the game, right? And you can substitute. Like, you're you're playing a game, so it's not all, you know, messing around. Right. I hear you. So, and I suck at it. So, it's going to be a long time before I can. <laughs> <laughs> you're building a dynasty. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I'm doing. God, and I'm waiting. Like year five or six before it really starts. And I think I really want to get uh, Breath of the Wild because I hear that's really good. So here's my thing with Switch games. So obviously I have the Switch Lite, as you well know. Um, but I'm just focused on f- games I can just play on the Switch Lite, like something I don't have to put on the TV. And, yep, yep. Um, if I can play online, cool. But like I bought Super Mario Odyssey. And I'm enjoying Did you? It. I just like it because, like I said, um, I've been playing a lot of games on my phone, and I've noticed... Most of the games I play, I mean, they're free, of course. And I get yeah. ads are going to happen, but it seems like the ads are now at an insane level. It drives you nuts. I'm like, oh, I'm just done. So maybe it's overkill dropping, you know, as much as I did on the Switch Lite. But I don't have to worry about ads. I can play no. as long as I want and then just set it down and call it good. Right. And there's other things you can do on the Switch Lite that you, or any Switch that you can do. 
I'm watching for Mario Kart to go on sale. Um, while Zelda's on sale right now for 47, that's about as cheap as it gets. They like take 10 bucks off. I will. I've got Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey. I will probably never finish that game. So Zelda's probably uh, a bridge too far for me. Yeah. I don't even know what Mario Odyssey is. It's just the latest incarnation of the Mario flagship title. It's very open world, kind of uh, reminiscent of N64 on that. Right. But uh, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. And it's cool. There's a couple of... times when you're in the game that you actually switch into a 2d world and it looks like the original mario oh gotcha and then you pop back into 3d there's right. some cool things like that i'm enjoying it it's just I, can, I just like that i can pick it up like if i'm waiting to pick up my daughter from work and i've got like 10 15 minutes i can bring it with me sit there and play it for 10 15 minutes and then she yeah you know gets in the car and i i save it and then set yep. it aside and i can play it whenever i want absolutely that's the beauty of the switch same with the, I mean, I actually don't even have it hooked to the TV right now. I have it, you know, handheld, sit in front of the TV while Michelle watches something and play play some baseball and other things. I got Mortal Kombat as well. I've had, well, I had games before, obviously. Right. That still work. But boy, just so you know, like uh, I thought the stuff that was saved on, uh, there's a little tidbit for those, a little, little, little game tidbit for those that can have a Switch. If you have a... um. A, uh, uh, SDA card, SD card, micro SD card. You put it in there. So I took it out and I p- figured, well, I'll just put it in the new switch because it should be, everything should be there. It doesn't, does it? It won't let it. Oh, it makes you format. Well, it makes you format it. So you can't carry things over. It will not take anything. It has to be formatted by that device. But thankfully, like all smart people should do when you're erasing any old machine that you give, whether it's a phone or a switch back up to the cloud before you do that, which is what I did. And it's really simple. You go into your account and says, here's all your saved games that you had on that, that card. So oh, all nice. the place, all the places where you were saved. So like, you know, my Skyrim is saved. Like, I'm like, fuck, that was like 50 hours on Skyrim. And I'm not starting over. Uh, but you just download it from the cloud. It was all there. I was like, Phew. Oh, thank and God. any games that you purchase, obviously they have your purchase history. You can read down. The, right. uh, but, but it was the, it's the progress, you know, I'm like, isn't that why you have an SD card? So you can pop it in and pop it out and put it in other machines? Nope, because that's how people were stealing games. Oh, yeah, I can see so you, now. you download it to your SD card and put it on another one. And so it makes sense uh, why they make you do that, but it's 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 dedicated to that machine. I, I cannot confirm or deny that when I had a Wii, I installed the Homebrew channel. I cannot confirm nor deny that. I don't even know what that is, so. It was a way to, it was basically a way to, um, you got past the security and you loaded it with an SD card and you were able to install an app that was not an official uh, Nintendo app called Homebrew. Uh-huh. And on the back end, it had like a web browser and you can go to the certain Homebrew sites and download basically images of old Mario games or old Nintendo yeah. games. I, I would never even think of stealing stuff like that. I don't know. I That's what I hear. I don't know Gotcha. anyone that ever did that. Right. <laughs> so that's it that's my geek this week not much really all right on to the main topics you want to start you want to have it in the line that you have sounds good right on the on the call sheet there yeah let's do that let's just do so I, we watched i wa- we had two 
episodes of The Bad Batch. The second one came out on Friday. We reviewed episode one, the 70-some minute one, on last Tuesday, May the 4th. So that was lucky that we actually had that day to talk about it. Um, episode two came out Friday, and I really liked it. Now, it's not quite as it's not nearly as big of an episode as uh, episode one, but there's a great uh, idea of where they go to uh, meet the clone deserter cut. Lacane is his name. And Michael, you haven't seen the clone wars. Is that person probably doesn't mean anything to you? Does it? No, but I, I watch, uh, I watch this guy that goes through I, basically like with um, all the Marvel shows. And now apparently the clone wars and bad batch, there's a website screen crush. He's on YouTube. Whenever I watch an episode of something, I then go watch his breakdown because he he points out all the, where everything is connected, all the Easter eggs and all that. So right. I learned who uh, Cut was. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, so that, that helped you then. Gotcha. Um, so it was a fun episode. Um, it was a nice, I call it a uh, um, character building episode where you're starting to now see the importance of um uh I'm trying to remember all the the guys hunter hunter's connection with omega the father daughter type situation um I you know I, people are going to say like well oh, they're just getting into the territory of mandalorian father child and I think this is different um in that you know th- there's going to be more significance to this person quicker than maybe what we think from grogu like we don't know what grogu is going to be yet that's right. we don't even know if that's ever, ever going to come back, right? That that part of the story is gone. This I think is going to have more ties to the sequel trilogy. My guess. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I mean, I think we touched on it with the first episode, right? I think it's obvious that Omega is obviously a force sensitive clone of some sort, and this is going to somehow right. tie into the you know reemergence of uh, Palpatine and all that, which we've also seen in the Mandalorian. Right. So, um, yeah, there is going to be some of that fatherly aspect that we have seen in The Mandalorian. But mm-hmm. I think they're going to focus more. I mean, yes, it's obvious they're setting Hunter up to be the kind of father figure. But he's already the leader of Batch, the Bad Batch. Right. So that makes sense. But I think it's going to become not just him as the father, but more of a she's going to be part of a family, you know, with Hunter right. and Tech. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, this episode was, you know, her, him learning that he was, you know, he had to be more of a father type. Right. But I think as the series goes, we're going to see Omega bonding with Wrecker, see her, you know, bonding with Tech or, uh, right. or Echo. Did I miss any? No, I think you're right there. Yeah. I think you're right there. Yeah. So, I think we're going to see how she connects to each of these people and how this group of misfits is going to form a family unit of sorts. I think so too. But like you said, to your point, yeah, this was definitely, uh, as you said, a character building episode. There wasn't as many explosions. I mean, there's always going to be some fighting and stuff, but it wasn't to the level that, you know, that first episode was, but of course that that first episode was twice as long. They had to do that kind of stuff. Right. You know, so whereas the first one kind of laid things out, this is kind of where the series is going. This is where we came from. Here's where we're going. Yeah, just like you said, we're building the characters a bit. And I have to say, 
I'm actually glad the episode did not start with a voiceover that we got from the Clone Wars. I think that was a tribute. You know, do you know anything about Thomas Kane? Tom Kane, who do the, does that voice. So Tom Kane is the voice of that. You know, um, voice the this week on the Clone Wars. What well, that that guy's voice? Yep. Um, he had a stroke uh, about I think six months ago. Um, so he already had this recorded, and uh, he can't talk, and he's having problems. Like 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 he's a big time voice actor. And that's a, almost a tribute to him well, as, as he comes through. His, yeah, it's horrible. I mean, that's what he does for a living and he can't do it. And he does a lot of voices and he's really good at it. And, um, you know, it's kind of sad, but it was, it's a nice little tribute uh, to there. So, you know, what's funny too, is I, you know, there's a, so I'm, I'm going to mention other podcasts uh, because A, they're better. B, they've been doing it a lot longer and C, they have more um, people in the business that talk to them. And that's, I've mentioned them before, Rebel Force Radio. And they have a, a gentleman that comes on once in a while named Paul Bateman. And Paul Bateman, if you if you want to follow somebody who's awesome, follow Paul. He is uh, worked for Ralph McQuarrie. He works in other films. Um, the guy, you know, the artist that did all the Star Wars stuff. So he's been around. He's, he's an older guy like me. And uh, he's from England, uh, but he's a great guy to listen to. Anyways, he, he'll, he'll post some things on Twitter. And we, you know, and I, put a comment on one of uh, the bad batch first episode when he was, he put his little post on there and I said, Hey, you know, I really enjoyed the pace. Most animated shows seem to want to go fast and yell all of the time. First episode was uh, fantastic in my opinion. Now I say this because, um, somebody answered my tweet. And no, well, Paul does constantly. He's really nice. He's really good about that. Somebody, that somebody happens to be Keith Kellogg. Keith Kellogg is the Lucasfilm animated animation director for Star Wars Rebels, Clone Wars, Resistance, and The Bad Batch. Oh, shut up. Swear to God. And he said, hey, Joe, I didn't say Joe, he said, uh, replied to me and Paul. I said, that's definitely something we try and build into our shots from the beginning for sure. Starts all the way at our story phase. Really gives the animators something to work with. And that's being slow, like pacing. So... I feel pretty good. <laughs> like I caught something awesome. that they, they try to do. Maybe I'll reach out and say, Hey Keith, you know, if you ever want to talk on a podcast, we'd love to do it. I, I have no doubt that we'll never get somebody like that, but it was nice to be, you know, so my goal is to keep conversations going through Twitter and who knows down the road, maybe we can get a real, a guest. I would love to talk to Paul Bateman, but he's really a guest of the rebel force radio and they're a real franchise. They're, they're more legit. I would say than us in terms of, um, been doing it for like 15 years. They've, they're both radio guys. They know how to build a program. They get real guests. Or I shouldn't say not real guests. We, they That's get right. bigger, bigger name guests. We have great guests. Um, I'm still geeked that we talked to Matt Bush that time. <laughs> so uh, Star so Wars cool. artist. That was awesome. So cool. yeah. um, but anyways, it was a nice little thing. And then one other show, which kind of relates to Bad Batch, but it's another show that I watch on YouTube called Star Wars Theory. And it's a person, he goes by Star Wars Theory, and he's really young kid, but I really like, you know, he's got certain points of view that you either agree with or don't agree with. That's fine. Um, and he has another show called rule of two that's on part of his thing. And they were interviewing, uh, Matthew Stover and Matthew Stover. If you don't know him as a star Wars writer and a lot of other science fiction books that he's written. Uh, but he wrote, uh, the novel version of revenge of the Sith from the film. So he worked with Lucas and, and getting that book out. Okay. But while they were talking to him, uh, you know, they started talking about the sequel trilogies. And I say this because we, you know, I was saying the Bad Batch may lead to the sequel trilogies and we've all had our thoughts about them. 
And he said that his favorite movie was Last Jedi. And the other two guys, you know, Star Wars Theory is like, what? <laughs> you know, he's like, well, I thought it looked the best. And they go, well, maybe it looked good, but, you know, there were story problems. But Matthew Stover opened, they, they were questioned, like, I don't really get that upset about the Luke thing. You've heard me say it many, many times a year. Like, I understand the choices that they made for Luke. I get it. It doesn't bother me as much as like just the choppy story of what they did with characters and minimized other ones, right? That was my big problem with Last Jedi. But he made a really good point. Matt Stover kind of blew my mind a little bit when he said, you know, they said they were talking, two guys asked him like, well, Luke would never act that way. But then Matt Stover is like, well, if you're an author, what would make that character do that? What would make Luke want to kill his nephew, right? Because Luke wouldn't do it, right? He said, well, what I would have done, he goes, the way I see it, Matthew Stover says, what if Luke had premonitions that Kylo Ren was going to kill Han Solo? What if that was his dream and he knew that was going to happen? Right. That would be the only thing that would drive Luke to do that because if you remember in Return of the Jedi, everything was fine until Vader says, especially for sister. That's when Luke lost it, right? He lost right. it big time and took him down, yep. right? And he was tempted again. What if he had that premonition? Now, if they would have said that, if they would have shown something like if, 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 if Ryan Johnson would have done that, that would have changed a lot of the motivation of that scene. And it, it probably would have get it. You would get it. You'd get it more. And then that, like, if you know, like if you know in his head that he had a premonition that he was going to kill Han, right? Then when Chewie comes in, when he breaks through the thing and Luke says, wait, where's Han? Then that connection would have been so much stronger. I don't disagree there, but it's funny you mention this because I I watched a video uh, just this week. I happened to watch one on uh, the Star Wars films. All right. And the point that this person made, which I thought was interesting, I'll just say it was Ryan Airy from Screen Crush. Uh, if you get a chance, his stuff's pretty good. But he's like, so Luke's whole thing with Vader is – I know you've killed thousands and thousands of people, maybe millions, but I still believe you're you're salvageable. But I had a bad dream about Kylo, so he's got to die. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't kill him. He thought it was. It's like the last temptation of Christ kind of thing. He's like, I understand, but he he could prevent. There's two different. No, no. There's two different things, right? What Vader did already happened. He can't stop what already happened, right? Luke had no way of stopping what Luke, what Vader already did. It was done. But he still right? thought he could redeem him. Redemption's different than what he was going to do with Kylo. If I stop Kylo now, all these deaths will not happen. That's a totally different argument. That guy's full of shit. And let's say it to his face. No, I disagree. It's a totally, different, it's a totally different. What well, you can't be 100% disagree. I, I can't. I death, just did. No, because all the deaths did not happen yet. He's preventing millions of deaths. By doing that. That's the minority report argument. Yeah. You can't punish someone for something they haven't done yet. And he didn't. But that was his thinking. But he didn't. That's the point. He was going to. I was going to go running today, but I fucking didn't. (laughs) So I get no credit for wanting to run today. Right. But So that guy's argument is meh. Don't buy it. Too bad. You're wrong. Moving on. (laughs) But anyways, any you know, the, the Bad Batch episodes are not very long, so it's hard, you know. What did you think of the new idea, though, getting back to the Bad Batch, of the introduction of the chain code? 
it fits in very nicely with Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But I also like how they use it in the story. And they, they flat out say it. You know, the clones, you know, all the Clone War gave themselves nicknames. They're all looking for identity. And now here you have, you know, Palpatine and the Empire coming in and trying to, you know, reduce the populace to a series of numbers. Right. So it's the exact, it's this removal of identity. You're just a number to be subjugated. Well, that's what's funny too, is um, the ironic thing. If you just watched all of the Clone Wars, right? Um, if you watch the series of the Clone Wars, it's really about each one of those clones becoming their own human, mm-hmm. right? With the names, they cut their hair, they put tattoos, they do all these things to become more individual. And now they're taking the individuals of humans and turning them into numbers as we get into the empire. So that's an interesting. Oh, yeah. I love that uh, juxt- juxtaposition. Correct. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, but again, it makes sense if everything that you do is linked to a chain code, you know, then it's it becomes what the empire was, was a giant police state. And you in theory, know where everyone is at any point in time in the entire. Right. What if if they carried like um, a a weird device that was an internet device, a telephone and a music player? What if they had one of those on them? Right. That that sounds too fantastical, Joe. (laughs) Because you'd have, you couldn't track them with anything with, Oh, what? (laughs) Too bad. This is a podcast and no one can see that you just held up your phone. Right. With a callback to if anybody remembers Steve Jobs' um, presentation when he presented the iPhone. Do you remember that or no? I did not pay attention to that, no. Uh, It's probably the best keynote speech you'll ever see, ever. Because that's when they invented the iPhone, that was the thing. Apple has three products that we're going to introduce this week. One is an internet, a mobile internet device. The other is a a new cell phone. And the other is a, a portable music player. An internet device, a cell phone. And portable music player, an internet device. He was doing it just like that. Everybody started clapping. He goes, "Oh no, wait a minute! That's one item." And the iPhone came. Gotcha. It's great. You should watch it. Everybody, go on YouTube and watch it. This is a divergent. This is a divergent podcast. You should watch it though. It's great. It's one of those touchstone moments. Um. So yeah, bad batch. Good episode. I'm looking forward to this Friday's uh, as this moves on. I think this is going to be another good series. Um, I'm liking the character. I'm really getting into the characters and, um, you know, I'm, I'm into it. I'm, I'm interested to see who they run into. Will they run into, uh, will they run into other Jedi? Will they run into Vader? Will they run into, you know, the inquisitors aren't really there yet. If you get to rebels, there's inquisitors. So like, will we see the rise of the inquisitors? Um, there's so much that could happen. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm liking it. It's like, it's thematically very similar Mm-hmm. To the la- that last season of the uh, Clone Wars, it's definitely an extension of Clone Wars. I mean, no yes. doubt about it. Yes, and like I said, obviously, I didn't watch all the Clone Wars like you did, but I did watch that last season, which I enjoyed very much. So this is, you know, this is just a continuation of that to a certain degree. Obviously, we don't see Ahsoka or any, any all that, but yeah, that's fine. Rex is coming because Rex was just at that place a day before they got there. So exactly, Rex, and. I actually really looking forward to see how the emperor, the empire starts to grow. Like I love seeing the politics of all this. Yeah, I like because we have, we haven't seen it. I want to see that point of view. We haven't seen that yet, so that would be fun to get through. Um, I think that's that's good. 
for now on I the Bad so. Batch. I'll let you take over the next one. So you, you'll know way more about this than I will. And I'll just have a ton of questions for you. Okay. So also this week, uh, Netflix uh, debuted last Friday, their new series that is part of their acquisition of Mark Millar's Millar World uh, series of comics and universe. So the, the first one of those uh, to come out is Jupiter's Legacy based on the comic of the same name, mm-hmm. which uh, if you haven't you seen read? it yet. Did you read the comic? Oh, yeah. I read the comic oh, okay. years ago. And okay. I did not. blew my mind. Um, so this is the show based on that. I'm going to tell you right now, I think they're pulling a preacher on this show. Which Oh, you do? If, yes. Did you watch Preacher? Yes. The first two seasons, yep. Here's the thing. Preacher, the entire comic book series, is fucking brilliant. I love it. One of my favorite comic book series of all time. The problem with The Preacher, the show, was that almost everything that happens in that first season of the show happens before the comic book actually starts. And it ends the with the beginning. Ends right. With like the first couple issues of the. Comic so in the, in the comic, we don't see the uh, origin? We do via flashbacks but not as in depth as is what we're getting here. okay yes and uh yeah that's my guess and here's the problem with this so netflix obviously dumps their shows all in one i post. know and i don't like it well i mean i'm watching okay you know full disclosure i'm up to four episode. i finished episode four last night and i can keep watching it but i think it's starting to hurt net like netflix should like if they when they do Stranger Things, they should see if they do the week, the week thing. See what happens to that. It gets people talking. It does. You know, one nice thing about you know the Mandalorian coming out weekly and the Marvel shows, it gives us time to digest it and it lets people. Yeah. I mean, of course, WandaVision did not go all the places people thought it might. Too bad, right? But how much fun was it during those eight weeks coming up with all those different ideas? I know ninety sure, percent of them did not come out come to fruition and that's okay right that was part of the enjoyment of the show right there's people that have already finished jupiter's legacy done right i've seen full reviews and i've I've, i don't look at them because i don't want to spoil it i think the binging days are going to be gone soon well okay so i fully admit um you know for for geek television i get why you know releasing it and going slowly is a good idea because it lets you savor it more. And like you said, you can discuss it. Geeks like to talk about things and have their arguments. There's no question. Right. right. But like when, uh, like, uh, orange is the new black came out and it dumped, I would tear through a season in like a week. If that, yeah, uh, of course it's going to feed my addiction. I could have watched two more episodes last night and stay up, but, but with a show like that, I, I mean, yes, there, there's always, you can, you can discuss any show. There's no question, but, with geek stuff, like, you know, these superhero shows, it's more open to discussion, interpretation, right? Right. I feel. So maybe I'm I can't remember, refresh my memory, is um, Amazon's The Boys, that's weekly, right? They don't drop them all at once, do they? Uh, I, I believe this last season they dropped the first three episodes, then went weekly. Then went weekly, yeah. Which was good with that, too. So yeah. anyhow, 
Joe and I are going to be discussing just episodes one and two today. Correct. I don't know if we said that. Maybe Joe said that already. We, we did not say that, so good call. So we're doing episodes one and two. It's an eight-episode first season, so over the course of a month, we'll end up covering all eight episodes. Right. Um, we decided not to binge it and, watch, and discuss it all right now because I think both of us – I mean, one episode might be a bit long to cover the show for two months because let's face it. We've got more Marvel shows coming. We've got more Star Wars shows coming. Right. We can only cover so many shows at once. So, um, and then also, what, in two weeks, we've got Army of the Dead coming out, too. I don't know if we're going to end up covering yep. that. Possibly. Um, but anyway, the point is, we're going to cover that over this month. We're going to do it two episodes at a time. So, this week, one and two. Next week, we'll do two, uh, three and four. You get how it works. Right. So, um, if you've watched beyond that, you know more than we do. And we could be full of shit. But the comic, like I said, is fantastic. But we're getting way more background story on this. And I have to admit, my first reaction was, I don't like it because it's not what I was expecting. Really? But, well, so being that you have not read the comic at all, I would rather hear your first impression because I'm biased. Right. Um, so far, I like it because I don't know anything, right? I'm learning these characters. I always have a hard time with with any comic book character that doesn't fall into the DC Marvel Universe. And that's just because, right? Just because I was a right. kid and grew up with those and those are real superheroes and everybody's trying to – like the costumes are never as good as Marvel and DC. Like it just – everything looks slightly like like a Walmart superhero. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I and, get it. I get it. And then you Those always have to have become iconic for a reason. Yeah. But I mean, clearly um, you've got the Superman um, Sheldon, yep. you know, um, you know, you got the same tropes. I, I, I'm liking that. First of all, it's not as good as the boys. And I don't you know, for, in my opinion, uh, but it's not bad. I see. I like the family struggle thing. I like the, you know, you're dealing with um, generations. Clearly, this 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 superpower uh, lets you age slower. Looks definitely like definitely because I don't know any man in his eighties, right? That looks like um, that is as ripped. And you think they would cut his hair though? Like I don't get the whole like. Let me just look old. Um, that I don't get. Uh, but. You know, there there's some humanity to this that that's that's interesting to watch. Um, I don't feel sorry for the the daughter. What's her name? Chloe. Yeah, fuck her. I'm tired of the upset teenage bullshit. Like, I'm gonna be his, my dad's mean to me. Um, <laughs> I mean seriously. I mean, cut somebody some slack when they have to save the world. Like, you know, you gotta. I don't know. There's daddy, what do you, daddy, what do you think of, uh, daddy, dead. It's okay. Like, like, like I've got a lot to learn, right? Like it's all good. Like I, I keep watching it. I, there's nothing new here in my opinion. Like I haven't seen anything fresh or new in yep, terms of, you, you know, um, I like, uh, I do like how the, I like how the brothers interact, um, uh, Sheldon and Walter. I'll give you that. I, I feel, I mean, they're two yins of the yang or yin yang, right? They're yeah. Yeah. Almost completely opposite. Yeah, and I like how they go, you know, they basically the starting from the depression is interesting because that's kind of like the first end of the innocence of the United States, so to speak. Yep. 
you know, so it's like, okay, now what? So we have to rebuild, um, you know, bringing it to the present is interesting. And, you know, the tropes of, um, uh, I believe it's episode two, gosh, I hope, um, maybe it isn't, I don't want to say it too much. Well, I've seen the two episodes. So are you, are you talking about the stock market crash and all that? No, no. Okay. No, it was episode two. I mean, um, Brandon killed what we th- what what I think right now is a clone of Blackstar, like the okay. death of or so killed somebody, yes. and that's breaking the code. So, but then that becomes like you know, why can't we do this? And why you well, know what are the codes are going to be? You know, he punches his face off. That's at the end of episode one, isn't it? Where he punches his two. face off. Two. No. Yeah. Because he punches his face off, and then the ep- for episode one. You know, I only know this because I watched episode two today. Oh yeah, it is. Epi- you're right. You're right. It's episode one. Episode one and ends up with them bringing Black Star in, and he's like, "Who the hell is this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then episode two picks up right from there. Right. You're right. It was at the end. I couldn't remember. Um. um so you you know, which I'm like, I didn't feel bad at the moment because I was watching a new. Uh. See, like I don't know these characters, so it didn't. I wasn't necessarily feeling bad that he killed that bad guy, right? The Black Star. Well, I'm like, cool. He was going to kill everybody else. Why not? You know. But this other guy has a code. At the same time, you know, Batman has a code, right? And he won't kill. Um, Superman does kill now because he killed Zod. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> Just wanted to piss you off. Um, <laughs> uh, but the whole point is, you know, if we don't, if they don't follow this code now, clearly Sheldon has always been somebody who's an optimist or wants to see the good side of things. And I think that, that, uh, Walter is not a bad person, but he sees the reality of things. Yes. Um, well, utopian, is, I mean, it's in his name. He believes in a utopian. He's got this, you know, possibly unattainable ideal, ideal right. of what the world should be. Right, and we even see this in the second episode when they're having their press conference, where he's like, you know, what, what do you know, what do, what do you think about people saying that, you know, I forget what they're called, but the the union or whatever they're called, and what about people thinking they're outdated? And he, you know, yells at the crowd, "You people, you people are wrong. I'm not wrong. You're wrong." You know. Yeah, he's, I think the, the um, looking at the characters, I think the one that's the most intriguing to me is George Hutchins. I guess he becomes Sky Fox. The blonde guy? only seen just a little bit in episode two. Right. Well, yeah, I probably shouldn't talk too much, but in episode three, he's, he's much more. So I won't say much more than that. But uh, interesting fact, um, played by Matt Lanter. Do you know who Matt Lanter is? God, that sounds so familiar. I feel like I should know who it is. He's the voice of Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars. Oh, okay. There you go. So, but I didn't, you know, he looks different because he usually has brown hair. So like I'm like oh shit that is him, um, he looks like a young uh, um, what's the German actor that was in, um, Roy Roy Ray Roy Fines Ray Fines Roy oh, Fiennes. Ray Fines Ralph Fines Rafe Rafe sure that's him yes is, is that who I'm thinking of he was in um um uh, oh my gosh a Spielberg film oh maybe I I can't remember that. Oh, he was also Schindler's in, List. Yes, that's Ray Fiennes. Okay, yeah. I think yeah. he's British. Oh, maybe he's British. Maybe he was so good as a German that I thought he was German. <laughs> he was very good. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's also he's a uh, the new M. Yes, 
Yeah, he looks like a young him. He looks like a young version of him. Yes. Anyways, but uh, you know, uh, so far so good. It's keeping me entertained. Um, that's right, for like, sure. I I feel like the tension between the brothers is is realistic. You know, we we you know sometimes sibling relationships are, are like that, and I like that. You know, utopian is you know all about strength and all that, and he is the eternal optimist. But then you have right. his brother, what Brainwave, I think his name is, or something like that. Yes. But if even notice their power sets, even though. Um, you know, Utopian is all about strength and Superman. His brother, it's all mental powers, right? Well, he can also fly and he has super strength. I understand that, but it's it's brain versus brawn. Right. And we saw that, you know, with the crash, his brother said, it's coming. We got to start doing this now. We got to stop expanding. We got to save ourselves. My calculations are showing that, you know, the crash is coming. No one believed him. But also, like I said, that that difference between the brothers is also nice. And like I said, with with Sheldon being the eternal optimist and being the utopian, his brother is one hundred percent a realist. Right. It makes him sound like a diner sometimes, but he gets it. I mean, even even in that first issue, or not first issue, first episode, he doesn't so much side with Chloe, but kind of sees where she's coming from. And I know you don't like her, but I just. Is that, yeah, I think they could do. I'll find out. Maybe I will later. But clearly, she's going through stuff that um, just as it, it, nothing feels new, and I guess that's why. Okay, I can see that. Um, and I, I, I know you've seen two more episodes, but I've read the comic, so if they follow the comic, I don't want to spoil anything, so I can't say anything. Yeah, don't say anything. I, I don't, yeah, don't say anything. So I have to admit, though, the second episode, I like the series more. Because I think it was more of me just going, all right, they're not following the comic to a T. Okay. And they're building up the backstory, what we did not see in the comic. So I think I was more used to the idea. It was more, I had accepted it by the second episode, even though I just watched the one. Well, the first one came out Friday. It's only Tuesday. I've watched the second episode. Obviously, I'll watch the third and fourth before next Tuesday. But right. even though it was just a couple of days, I started making my peace with it. That okay, this is... This is like Preacher. They're going to give us more backstory than we're used to. Right. I'm okay with that. And it is good. I mean, uh, I can't, I mean, I remember in the comics, yes, um, Sheldon and his brother and his friends were all victims of the uh, the crash. You know. Right. But they but, didn't listen to, to, to um, uh, uh, um, Walter, gotta keep remember. Yeah, nope. But but also, I I uh, again, if I'm wrong, uh, whatever listeners would tell me, I don't remember them being anything about his uh, father, you know, committing suicide right in front of him. Right. That was not in the comic, as far as oh, okay. So it, it's giving more depth, and so I'm okay with that. It it, it makes him a little bit less of a caricature. Because don't get me wrong. The comic is great, but Mark Millar does take some shortcuts, and I'm not ruining anything when I say that Utopian is definitely uh, an analogy to Superman. Sure. Easy to see. Right. So, and even his wife, who is obviously a superwoman of some sort, Mm -hmm. is very obviously an analog to Lois Lane because she's a reporter. Right? Right. So... 
Well, I well actually, I didn't even they don't right now. He's uh, in the first two episodes. He's he's with another woman that he was going to marry, and clearly, I don't well, know obviously, how. Obviously, yeah, they jump to the present. Y- you see, yeah, you, you know, something's going to happen, right? Right. So anyway, all that to say, um, Millar took some story shortcuts in that you don't have to tell all the origin and the utopian and all this that happened to make him like Superman and how because you already know he's he's basically the Superman stand-in in this comic. So maybe that's why the story could jump ahead a little bit faster right. in the comics because that's right. the story he was going for. In this, they're trying to establish their own universe, and I get it. They're giving more backstory. So I, I'm liking it better after that second episode, and it's it's grown somewhere, and I'm wondering if it's going to go where I think it's going to go. If it's going to follow the comics, cool. But if it goes somewhere else, I'm okay with it now. Oh, well, I would hope they follow the comics. I mean, I don't want to go too far. I mean – well, I'm I mean, sure do you, it see, will. do you see a reason they wouldn't? What's that? Is there a reason they wouldn't? Like, are you already seeing the, the, the groundwork of why they couldn't or wouldn't? Well, no, I mean, they could do anything. I mean, the fact that they've added more backstory means that they've already changed the story, I and mean, that's fine. So they could do anything. Um, well, they, so they changed backstory? Well, no, well, they just, I should. Or I should, added to it. They added to it. Okay. So it's not changing it. They have not changed anything yet. Because we okay. haven't gotten to where the backstory really started in the comics yet. So, Got it. So far, though, nothing misaligns. Got it. So, yeah. So, you see no reason to divert yet. I don't see any reason to divert. But, you know, they changed some things in the boys from the comics, too, that stylistically and maybe narratively worked better. And I see why they made those changes. So, but the boys is still pretty much, it's in the same spirit of the comics. Mm-hmm. So... I'm suspecting if they make any changes, it's just because narratively it works better in this, you know, in this medium as it does in comics for whatever reason. But I think so far thematically we're heading the same direction as the comics. Got it. Cool. So yeah, so far so good. I think it's going to be a good show. Um, something to watch for sure. Like I said, I personally right now, I, I, I think the boys does a little bit better job of, I don't know, whatever reality superheroes would be um yeah but, but that's okay i will say this about the boys bar none the boys is the best uh superhero or superpowered show on television i loved wandavision i love falcon and winter soldier the boys is the best superhero show on television yeah Yes and no. Like I still have a great. I just love the Daredevil three seasons. I just loved them. And that's fair. That's fair. I I have no, I have no hate for Daredevil. I I don't even know if I've ever finished season three. I loved the first two seasons though. It's season a three is better. Show. Season three is better than way better than two. What? Way better than two. It's the probably one of the best seasons of of superhero stuff ever. Well, no, I need to go this week finally watch the third season of daredevil you should you should totally watch it it's so damn good so but notice you came up with daredevil you didn't come up and say that wandavision or falcon and Winter soldier is- you know i was thinking about those but i feel like those are just tributaries to the marvel universe like i don't you know what i mean it's not a new thing i don't know I how to explain it it's it's no. like continued storytelling throughout these films and movies and series i think that the, the the boys is that's that is the entity 
there's no films out. There's no, that is the only entity of that particular thing. So it's hard. It's almost unfair to say Marvel because it's like, that's part of such a bigger story that it's its own thing. You know, I can give you that. And also I, I think also with Marvel, the Marvel shows are not necessarily meant to stand alone. Like you said, right. The films are the big thing. This is the, the connective tissue. Still interesting. Still good. Right. And Loki's coming up next in another couple of weeks. So, yeah, see, now that be. being said, I am hyped for Loki. So, Oh, me too. I hope it's good. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen any of it yet, but it has potential to be an absolutely fantastic comic book show. It does. But, and the thing with Loki too, and I know we're trying to wrap up this episode, Loki might stand out because it doesn't necessarily have to be connective tissue. WandaVision right. is getting us to Doctor Strange. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is getting us to the next Captain America film. And Black Widow, I guess. And Black it was Widow. It was part of that, but yep. a little messy, I guess. Loki really doesn't... We, I mean, they could change. There might be something we don't know about yet. But I don't think that Loki is there to connect us to Love and Thunder. We don't know, but, we, but we'll we see. We do know. Right. I think Loki has a potential to stand on its own two feet. My only hope for Loki, and I'll leave it with this, is that I hope that the variant because the norm becomes the norm. Well, he has to because the the actual Loki is dead. Well, maybe he's not. You don't know. That's what I mean. I hope the variant becomes the Loki because. Gotcha. I don't want to lose Loki in the the bigger picture. Is what well, I'm saying. He's too great of a character. Yeah, it's only because Hiddleston knocked it out of the park. Oh, absolutely brilliant. Cool. Well, Jupiter's Legacy, uh, give it a watch if you guys have listened and love to have your thoughts on that. Um, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Um, if it's your first time listening to the KyberCast, thanks for listening. Uh, if you've come back, we always appreciate you guys coming back. Um, tell your friends about the podcast. That really helps us out. You know, let them know what we they can be we can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Amazon, and pretty much anywhere you get your podcast or through any podcatcher. Uh, share it with a friend, and you know, if you could, if you want to leave a review, that also helps um, helps us get a little bit more noticed in those big areas because the podcast world is changing, folks, and. The little ones like us, I don't know how much a chance we're going to have down the road as these big conglomerates keep buying things up. But if you can help by just telling your friends about us, that would be great. And if you'd like to uh, interact with us, Michael can uh, let you know where we can be found in the social medias. Well, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at KyberCast or on Facebook. We have both a group and a page at the KyberCast. Cool. Um, next week, we'll be taking on uh, Bad Batch number three and the next two episodes of Jupiter's Legacy and any other cool news that will happen. So until then, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.